Hey everybody, it's Christina Caramo and welcome to It's Solid Food. This episode is titled Just Crazy. <laughs> Just crazy, right? Because there's so much going on in, in our nation. Forget the world. Well, in the world too, but in our nation, it, it makes me really stop and scratch my head and it's just so much nonsense going on that I feel like I'm living in the twilight zone. And maybe not the twilight zone or just sometimes humans never seem to learn. And that's what we'll be discussing. I'm Christina Caramo, and now it's time for some solid food. And welcome to It's Solid Food, where we discuss all things in Christian apologetics, culture, and politics. So as I said, the title of this episode is simply just crazy. And there were so many different things going on. And I'm like, wow, what can I make my episode about? But I felt none of it was enough for me to make an entire episode about the one topic. So I thought I would just kind of chop it up a little bit into one episode discussing multiple topics instead of just one episode discussing entirely of those topics. So um, that's the thing for this episode. So the first point, first up, is Patrice Colors. Now, um, one of the things God has been working on with me is to have more empathy for people um, whom I radically disagree with. I think it's very often that we see people that we don't agree with on any level and we demonize them as people. And I don't want to do that. I want to make sure I'm condemning the ideology because when you start to research on these individuals, and you really start to put the pieces together, there is some extreme hurt and brokenness that they have in their life, and they're searching for it in the wrong places. That's what leads them to false ideology. All humans carry wounds. We all have wounds from life. And when we go about satisfying or healing those wounds is when we get into trouble and fall into false ideologies. And that's clearly what happened to her. So uh, Patrice Cullors is one of the co-founders of the Black Lives Matter movement, the organization. So a lot of times people think that, and I think people don't think that anymore, but for a long time, people thought that Black Lives Matter was just like this phrase or this slogan, but it's not. It's an actual organization. And Patrice Cullors is one of the more vocal members of the movement. So that's why her name is one that you'll hear more often. She's the one that was on video saying that we're trained Marxists and all this stuff like that. So that, of course, in itself is very startling. And I did an episode, an episode last week, Friday called Communist Malfeasance. And I really recommend you guys checking out that program because I go over what Marx actually taught. And you can see with Antifa and Black Lives Matter, there are rallies and things, why they turn so violent many of the times. Of course, not every time, but one time is too much. Um, but why sometimes, many times their rallies turn, rallies turn violent and it seems to be no matter what they're protesting, they ask for the same things. Well, that's because if, if every, no matter what the problem is, if your solution is always the same, then that those quote unquote solutions are really the agenda and not fixing the problem. Because you can't tell me that you bring the same batch of solutions, which is banning capitalism, abolishing the police, you know, abolishing private property, all of the craziness. You can't tell me that that's always the solution for every problem, you know. So, of course, there's more to it at play. So, we're not ever going to get up into her Marxist belief. What's concerning is um, the other day, 
I saw these videos of this image floating around the internet of Patrice Colors. And she was performing uh, Ifa or Yoruba ritual. Now, the thing about it is, is that she's not just an organizer. Um, that's something a lot of Marxist leaders like to call themselves. She's not just an organizer, um, but she's also a teacher. She's a professor at a college. And she's also... Um, uh, your practice of Ifa or Yoruba, which is a, a West African religion. So she is a practitioner of Ifa and she is a witch. Now, when we hear the word witch, we need to really unpack that because, you know, as we are, were, our society becoming more and more global, we use words and depending on the culture we are from, it has certain connotations. And so when we see similar ideologies creep up in other cultures, sometimes we can't really recognize it as much because it's foreign to our concept of what that word is. So in the Western sense, when we hear the word witch, we think of things like black magic. And black magic comes with all types of connotations of evil, devil, Satan, blah, 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 blah. Um, so it's more like um, kind of countering Christianity. When we think of witches and witchcraft in the Western sense. However, when you think of like Ifa or Yoruba, they're also countering anything that goes against the word of God is necessarily from Satan. Okay. That is the reality. Um, but in their mind, they don't see themselves as witches per se. They think they are practitioners of ancestral religion. If that makes sense. They're still practicing witchcraft. Don't get it twisted. Because again, anything that goes against the knowledge of God is necessarily of Satan by default. Whether the person calls himself a witch, a Satanist, a practice of ephah, or whatever else you call yourself, it, it's still the same thing. Still, It's still one of the same. But um, it, it's practiced just differently. And the thing about it is that the practice of ephah is, is being marketed to us as West African art and tradition when it's really pagan religion. That's, that's what's going on. And so she was practicing. She put, She's a performance artist. She's a performer artist. And who else is a, a, a popular performer art, performance artist? And also a witch? Marina Abrahamovich. But I'll get to that later. So she's practicing this um, ceremony or this, this ceremony she created or was inspired. I don't know. It's called Prayer to Iyami. And, um, so I, it, she, she performed this ritual for her brother. So her brother, um, is an individual who, um, I, I don't, I believe he's dead. I don't know for a fact. I couldn't get any solid information. Her brother is dead, but I'm pretty sure he is. But nevertheless, her brother has men, had mental or has mental issues. has been in and out of prison, his in mental institutions his whole life. And she feels like the system failed her brother. And when you hear that, you can see kind of why she's into the activism that she is. So, um, Iyami, I was like, well, let me look up the, who is Iyami? Iyami are these female spiritual entities, okay? Which are, they're demons, all right? Now, when I use, when I discuss things, I try to discuss it in two ways. As one, primarily my world, not primarily, my worldview is Christianity. I am a Christian, so I filter everything through my Christian worldview. However, when trying to explain other people's beliefs, I try to explain it in the language that they would explain it that way you can properly understand it. I hope that makes sense. So right now I'm explaining 
um, to the best of my ability because I'm just now learning a lot about Ifa and Yoruba because I feel it's really important for me to learn because more and more people are abandoned, especially black people, are abandoning the Christian faith for Ifa. So it's something that I need to learn about in the role, especially in apologetics, because you got to you got to know something before you re re rebuke it, you know. Um, so nevertheless. So Iyami are these female spiritual entities. Again, simply these are demons. But of course, in her mind, that's not what's going on. And they are the mothers of justice. And so Iyami is like this primordial maternal force. And it's when you read about Iyami, it's there is many things. And when you read people talk about it, they say Iyami is in many cultures. It's just explained differently depending upon the culture you live in. And I found that really interesting. I forgot the name of the website because the person, because what I do is instead of going to Christian, I do listen to Christians. One person I listen to a lot, Nefertiti, she's amazing. And she specifically does urban apologetics. And she talks about, you know, um, um, Ifa a lot and because that is an apologetic topic that just like we color Islam and other um, secularism, postmodernism, it's it's another false worldview that we have to refute. But um so I but I like to go to people who actually are practitioners of these religions or in the case of like Nefernity, I believe she's a former practitioner or she was raised in in practicing Ifa because you get more insight. And so this one person was saying that Yami is really many things. It's, Yami is a, for primarily it's this primordial maternal force and spirits and these celestial beings. It's a lot of things. Yami is also a female priesthood, you know, so you have to be initiated into Yami. Yami. You're either typically it's older women, but sometimes they still will admit, uh, initiate uh, a still menstruating woman. Um so they pretty primarily they initiate post uh, menopausal women into it. So they want elder because in a lot of cultures, you know, in, in our culture currently, we celebrate everybody. If you're 25 and a younger, like that's it. Everybody else is just like pathetic. And that's just a really backwards way of thinking where in most cultures, they celebrate their older people because they possess a lot of wisdom and information. So um, nevertheless, um, she was while she was performing this ritual, her prayer to Iyami, she was praying to these maternal force mothers of justice, and that's what's going on. And it's no question, it's not like you know, a lot of people there's levels, there's people who think well, I'm just doing this art ceremony. It, Patrice Colors is, is a full blown witch. I mean, the woman, I'll get into that in more detail where she openly says, The woman, she doesn't call herself a witch, and that's my point of what I was saying earlier. She doesn't call herself a witch, but that's what it is. Um, so while she's performing this ceremony, um, she is reading a pro she's reading a proposal on jail reform. And when she's not re reading her proposal on jail reform, there's a poem by Alec Baldwin playing in the background. And so she's performing this Ifa ritual with her brother's clothes. As you should see, she has these wings on. And I don't know a lot of details. And it's something I have to read up on more because I've seen another picture of it was like a, a, um, a artist rendition of Iyami. And there were it was an owl around Iyami with these large wings. So I'm assuming I'm, I'm pretty positive that her wings are somehow connected to the some Iyami in one way or another. And so she's performing, uh, she's reading this uh, poem. I mean, that poem, she's reading uh, her proposal on jail reform. And then she's laying her brother's clothing over this nest. 
okay, of some sort, some clothing of her brothers. And so one of the things that she said in another video, when you have items belonging to the person, you invoke the spirit of the person. Now, we know you can't communicate with the dead. So what's so sad is that clearly this woman has some hurt and pain in her life and she's turned to demonic forces for answers. And I remember the first time I encountered someone, uh, it, not I should say encountered someone, I guess I said, well, a debate. I was invited to a radio show and the topic was, has the black church failed the black community? That was the topic of the show. And so the woman that I was on, first of all, I didn't realize that I actually was debating this lady. I just thought we were discussing, but it didn't turn into a debate because she started quick grilling me down. Like, what answers does the Bible have to white supremacy? What answers does the Bible have to racism? And, I'm, and I was just kind of thrown off. I'm like, well, first of all, if you ask me what answers does the Bible had to white supremacy, I mean, well, to begin with, that whole concept wasn't even around when the Bible was written. So, I mean, do you mean human beings mistreating each other? I mean, that's... You know, that's nothing new. People have been doing that forever. Like, what what specifically are you talking about? You know, so at any rate, many people in um, Patrice Colors is no different, have, have it in their mind that black people are under constant threat. And they feel as though Christianity uh, does not answer the questions that they have. So therefore, they turn to ancestral religions which is witchcraft but again they they're not going to call they don't call it that because of the negative connotations that come with witchcraft they call it just african ancestral religions it's it's just witchcraft but um she she also if she if you listen to her talk about it she talks about how she was actually raised jehovah's witness now that's a christian cult that's a whole other subject in itself it's a Christian. It's a cult. It's not really Christian. It's. It, I mean, they believe in God and Jesus, but they have a whole lot of other false beliefs going in there. And I won't get into that this episode. But nevertheless, um, she was raised Jehovah's Witness and became disillusioned with that. And so she was at a art exhibit. And that's the thing about art. Oftentimes things, you know, when you go into museums, um, a lot of things that and, and are shown to us as art are really satanic objects. Um, again, anything that is not of God is necessarily of Satan. Not of, and then remember that, and I always, and, I, and it just came on my heart to say, always remember, sometimes we have this, I, I've seen this image floating around, which is supposed to be an artist rendition of Jesus and an artist rendition of Satan doing like arm wrestling. For one, God is not arm wrestling with Satan. Satan is simply rebelling against God and trying to pull people away from God. There Satan is a fallen angel. He's not. Sometimes we think of Satan somehow in this context like him and God are at constant battle. God has already defeated him. We are just watching the defeat play out before us. You know, so it's, anyway, it's, it's more going on there than that. But nevertheless, a lot of art is is really things that are shown to us in these museums as art are like, face masks from religions and different ritual objects. Just think about how we're even taught Greek mythology. We're taught it as literature, but we're really learning pagan religion. And oftentimes pagan religion is brought to us as art. And so I say that because Patrice was at a museum and she felt, she saw like a West African exhibit and felt drawn to begin inquiring and practicing ephah. And, um, 
that was really interesting to me because again, so much satanic imagery is marketed to us through art entertainment. And um, yesterday and last Wednesday, I was doing um, kind of discussions regarding the Good Fight, Min Good Fight Ministries videos called the Satan, Satan Sex Scheme. And they were really showing how art and entertainment were involved. And that entire ministry really gets to how in um, the Western world specifically, how art and entertainment is used to market Satan's message to the masses. Well, this is nothing new. It's just we use digital entertainment. And if you start studying other cultures, art, what we consider to be art, oftentimes we say, oh, they're doing this ritual, this dance. These are all satanic rituals. This is not just dance to dance. It is to summon a demon. Even yoga, the word yoga really means yoke to Brahmin. So people are thinking they're doing exercises. No, you're doing actual a satanic ritual and don't even know it. And that comes from our very materialistic worldview that's crept in every corner of our life. That someone could be practicing an open demonic ritual in front of our faces. And we'll be like, oh, wow, this must be just some kind of cultural dance. Like, it's not a cultural dance. It's a demonic ceremony. What's wrong with you? But, but people don't understand that. It's because our worldview is so skewed. Nevertheless, um, so she does this ritual again with another lady. And this is what's interesting because this is when uh, I remember um, Abraham Hamilton III. He has a show called Hamilton Corner. Um, and it's a really, really, really good show. And I remember on his show, he was discussing um, how he was discussing how um, the BLM is rooted in witchcraft. And that was the first time I ever heard of that. And so where he got that from was an actual... Uh, satanic ritual. He in his show, he just had clips of Patrice Cullors talking about it. But she actually performed another uh, another ceremony called Prayer for the Runner. Excuse me, and it was very similar to the Prayer to Iami. Because remember, this one was called Prayer to Iami. The other one was Prayer for a Runner. So she was praying for somebody, but doing the same thing, invoking the spirits. Um, doing all, she was doing the, the very similar things. You can see there's wings in the background. She's shredding paper. And so she's discussing though. So this time she's actually discussing the ritual and her and this other woman, her name slips me at the time, but this woman is also an educator. She's the co-founder of BLM in LA. Patrice Cullors is from LA. So, um, this woman also is a teacher. So they're both Marxist witches who are teaching the youth. Just think about that. These are the leaders in our education system. That's scary. Um, so she does the ritual again. She discusses with the other lady. And at the end, what's interesting is she says, Ashe. Now, that is said to invoke uh, uh, Dumadi, who is, I'm probably saying it wrong, which is guess, like, uh, if, for, since we all were studied Greek mythology growing up, to put it in context, he's like Zeus. So in the Ephod pantheon, he's the supreme deity in the Ephod pantheon. And in this video with this other lady, they're talking about how the BLM movement is spiritual, that the hashtags are about resurrecting the spirits of the person. So when they say, say their name, say their name, when they're chanting the name of the person, they're not just saying the name of the person. Their uh, objective is to channel in the spirits, which we know are demons, of that person. That is problematic. So when you see churches hanging signs for Black Lives Matter, I'm like, do you know that these are, this organization was started by Ephod practicing witches? 
I mean, Marxists, these are Marxist witches started an organization and you have people hollering out Black Lives Matter and hanging up banners and I'm like, you got to be crazy. I'm not going to be, excuse me, I'm not going to be rude to a person of another belief system, but I'm sure in heck not going to follow a, a movement where you have acknowledged openly is rooted in pagan religion and you're channeling spirits and you're performing satanic rituals to, to get your movement done and you feel like you need to channel Iami to get justice and all this. No, that's the problem with the social justice movement. That's the whole thing. It's rooted in Marxism. And, and, and so I see many Christians trying to dance around it. And yes, God is a God of justice. God wants justice. But what these people are doing is something totally opposite. And they're engaging in witchcraft and embrace their Marxism which are both equally satanic ideologies, they're just packed differently. One is a total rejection of God in all its forms, which is Marxism. And, and I might say all its forms is rejecting God and everything about God and everything godly. And the other one is just open witchcraft. And so, well, as I mentioned before, as I mentioned before, Marina Abrahamovich is also a performance artist just like Patrice Colors. Now, I'm not going to put Patrice Cullors necessarily in the same class of Marina Abrahamovich. There's no evidence, and I'm not. I don't. I'm not going to sit there and, and catastrophize and and, and over exaggerate. There's no evidence Patrice Cullors is into anything like Marina Abrahamovich. Even though both women are are doing something extremely satanic, Marina Abrahamovich is into blood magic. Patrice Cullors is not. She's just simply practicing ephah. And so they're both satanic, but of course there's a difference between blood magic and actual, you know, voodoo. Because that's just what Ifa is. Ifa, Santeria, they're all, Santeria, voodoo are just offshoots of Ifa. That's it. That's, that's what they are. And so this is really sad. Um, we need to be praying for her. Because sometimes we see these people and we see the, the Marxists in the streets and the BLM and we see them as such a threat to our way of life in America. We see these people as enemies and we forget that these are image bearers. She's an image bearer. That don't mean we fight like tooth and nail against what they're trying to do in society. We bring out all the top guns against everything that Satan has planned for us. But in the process... In the process of bringing up, putting on that, that full armor guy and do a total spiritual warfare because this is spiritual warfare. You know, everything, as we as we learn in Ephesians 6, 12, we, close, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We know that in every area of life. But this woman is openly declaring spiritual warfare against God. I don't think she realizes that, but that's what she's doing because she's invoking a spiritual practice. I don't think she's feel like she's fighting God, quote-unquote, because she believes that um, Allah Dumari is God, you know? But that's what she's doing. And so she's invoking satanic energy to the Black Lives Matter movement. So the Black Lives Matter movement is founded on satanic spirits, satanic energy. So anytime you have a movement that's grounded in satanic movement or satanic energy and satanic beliefs, and they are saying that they're marches and their movements and their events are inherently spiritual and they're channeling demons then that lets us know that we're fighting something way bigger than just something we need to speak out against 
We need to hit those knees and start praying for these people. And we need to be praying that God open hearts and expose Satan in this whole movement. Because so many people are being deceived that this is simply something about helping black folks. It's, this ain't got nothing to do with black folks. The Black Lives Matter movement is nothing but Marxism and Satanism in blackface. That's it. Now, whether the practitioners think of it as such, they're open about their Marxism. She don't see herself as a witch. She see her as a practitioner of ancient African religion and connecting with her ancestors. It's, it's really sad. It's really sad. So make sure we keep her in our prayers while we fight like all outdoors against this movement because it is purely wicked. All right, so next on the list for today, Cardi B. Cardi B. Wow. This is just sad. And again, this is another individual. You know, when the news came out yesterday that she filed from divorce from her husband because it had been speculated in the past that he was a, a habitual cheater. And people were laughing. And again, as a Christian, it's easy to see this woman because she is toxic for the culture. She is another one. Now, I, she's not like Patrice Colors and practice the ephod, at least in my knowledge. I don't know what her religious beliefs are. Um, but whether she knows it or not, I have no clue. Uh, she is a tool of Lucifer. Cardi B is another tool of Lucifer because she peddles filth in the culture. And she peddles such filth and sexual degeneracy in our culture um, that... Uh, many people are laughing at her and they're laughing because as we know her and Megan the Stallion came out with this video called WAP or this song and you already know what it stands for so I'm not gonna say but it's very obscene and so the premise of the video is that being a slut is empowerment and that when you're a slut you can control men you can manipulate men you can get men to do whatever you want and then also recently she got into this debate with Candace Owens where Candace Owens was on Ben Shapiro's show basically talking about how her video was just degeneracy. And it's, and it's and this goes back to kind of what I was talking about with Patrice Colors, how art influences culture. And so no matter how filthy you feel about Cardi B's video, it's still a form of art. And so she's doing her, using art to encourage sexual licentiousness in the culture. And so that's what Candace Owens was pointing out. And she markets in Cardi B's Songs are typically marketed to very young girls. And she was, Kent Owens was pointing out the fact that she was insulted that Joe Biden is going to go and get Cardi B to be the person that he wants to try to reach black voters. And she's like, come on, this woman is like, go, like literally, it was so funny, her interview, what she was saying. But basically, Candace Owens and Cardi B got into this like debate. And so she started making all kinds of obscene comments about Candace Owens, start talking about, oh, look, your husband is white and all this other stuff. And so then two, like, like three days later, it's found out that she's divorcing her husband. And the joke is kind of like, oh, I thought your WAP was so good, huh? And that is kind of the joke people are running with. But the reality is, is that the message that Cardi B put out there is such just the dumbest thing ever. I mean, come on, folks. That is the most ridiculous thing ever. I mean, when you're romantically involved with someone, whether you're married, I don't care if you're in the most committed, loving relationship, a small portion, even though it's important to the relationship, but a small portion of the relationship is sex. You're doing lots of other things the majority of the time. And so a person can do all these fantastic things in the bedroom 
But if their character sucks, you have nothing in common, the relationship will totally fall apart. And, and Cardi B came out with this song just about her and Megan Thee Stallion about how if I have sex with men, I have all this sex game, I just have men eating out of my hand. And that just is not life because she divorced her husband because he was cheating on her. Sex doesn't keep a man. And what the crazy part is in the song, a line from the song says, I don't cook, I don't clean, but let me show you how I got this ring. And this is, I mean, in, in my role as a teacher, I can see how music and culture really impacts and, and shapes, if not, and warps the mind of the youth. And I always tell people, like, as an educator, I see things so much differently because I see the impact culture has on kids from a different point of view. Because kids say things in school, I observe things in school that you don't observe in the capacity of, as a parent. And, and these kids are being shaped by this, this idea. And the crazy part is that how many female rappers have we seen and female entertainers say the same thing and they perpetuate the same message only to go down the exact same road. So we need to be praying for Cardi B. Um, and then Megan Thee Stallion, she like got shot in the foot by her boyfriend or something crazy like that, like about two months ago. So, I mean, these women who sit up here, I mean, they're just entertainers. But the thing about it is, it was so funny too, about Cardi B's line, like, I don't cook and clean, but let me show you how I got this ring. It, the statement is really like juxtaposed against the me the message that the media celebrates about the song. It's supposed to be female liberation, female empowerment, how do I, I don't need a man. But somehow still in the course of the song, having a man committed to you was still the crown achievement based on her lyrics. It's so funny. It's so funny, the contradictory, contradictory messages. Like the, the left tries to idealize being a slut, when in reality it's still rudimentary and basic and, and carnal at its core. You hoping to get something from it. It's not about freedom. You're hoping to get something from another person. It's not about self-empowerment. It's just crazy. And and I and I feel it's really sad. And like I said, Megan Thee Stallion the same way. She like got shot in the foot by her boyfriend like two week, two months ago. Walked in, helped you in, did it. You know, so we need to really lift these women up in prayer. And it's very easy to laugh at her. And, and, and we shouldn't. We shouldn't because that's not what Jesus would do. Jesus wouldn't. I know people are like, well, I ain't Jesus. No, you're not. But still, we're supposed to try to emulate him as much as we can, humanly can, because of course, some things we cannot emulate. But as far as how he treated one another and how much he loved God, which I know some of you guys are like, wait a minute, but Jesus is God. We're not talking about that today. But I'm saying the man, Jesus, how he lived. Of course, we are not, we can never be logos. Never, ever, ever. But I'm saying the man, Jesus, the way he lived his life in every way were to emulate that. And he wouldn't laugh at her. He wouldn't laugh at Patrice Colors. He would rebuke what they're doing, but within hopes that they will come to the Lord. Because you got to remember something. Ezekiel 33, 11 says this. And to me, this is one of the, to me, the one of the most beautiful and, and loving verses in scripture. Should have had it in my notes, but I didn't. Should have had it in my notes. Um, it's one of the most loving verses in scripture that I, I just reminds us how much God loves us and how merciful he is. It says, um, say to them, 
As I live, declares the Lord, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn back, turn back from your evil ways. For why will you die, O house of Israel? And so this is um, really important. God is grieved um, by their actions. What God wants is for women like Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion and Patrice Cullors to turn from their wicked ways. And he wants them to be welcome into the family of God. We should want the same. We shouldn't laugh at these women. We still continue to rebuke what they're doing. We still continue to call them out. But with hopes that people, including themselves, will walk away from their wickedness. So, topic number three. Andrew Gillum. <laughs> this story is insane. So in case you forgot, let me briefly remind you, Andrew Gillum was found passed out in a Miami hotel room with a male prostitute and high on mess in his own vomit. So Andrew Gillum was supposed to be the crown prince of Florida, uh, their next governor, but he lost to Ron DeSantis. Thank God for the Floridians and for the rest of us who like Florida like I do. That's like one of my favorite states in the union. So um, they dodged a bullet by a drug addicted man who can't keep his penis in his pants. And there's so many issues with this here. Number one, Andrew Gillum is married to a woman and he's out there sleeping with men. And that's one of the main avenues to which many women get HIV is because they are married to men who have sex with men. And so if you look at this headline here, Lord Jesus, help me, help me, Father, help me, help me, help me. As you can see from this headline here, it says, Andrew Gillum provides an opportunity to celebrate diverse black love. Now pause, 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 pause. How is this celebratory? This man cheated on his wife with a male prostitute and was doing mess. I mean, there's so much more I want to say about that whole situation, but this, I try to keep this, a, and then I try, but this is a, a show that I would like people to watch with their children, even though some of the topics are pretty mature. So, but still, some of the details of that story, I'm going to leave to the side. And why should that woman stay with him? The reason why the author is saying it celebrates diverse black love is because Andrew Gillum is homosexual. There's a term we call, we use for men who are truly homosexual but just have wives as a front. That's essentially what I believe is going on. Because there have been rumors for years swirling about Andrew Gillum and his proclivity for men. There's photos of him with men on yachts. And the way they were all snuggled up with their legs open, those were not friends. They were a lot more than friends. And I say all this to say is that this author is celebrating Andrew Gillum being, he came out as bisexual. Okay. So they did this interview with Tamara Hall where he's saying he's bisexual and blah, 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 blah. And it's nothing but a spin. Because right now with the whole intersectionality and the identity politics 
um, the LGBT movement has so much political force that I'm positive, I know for a fact that Andrew Gillum doing this was nothing more than to revive his political career because now he's sexually, he's part of a sexual minority. So not only is he... This is going to be the line, folks. Just watch and see. So not only is... And they're prepping for president, just so you guys know. But not only is he um, an ethnic minority, but now he's a sexual minority. So because if... if it, now I'm not, let me finish my sentence. So that's why we're seeing the celebration around him calling himself bisexual. Because please believe if Andrew Gillum would have had, and this is how jacked up our culture is. If Andrew Gillum would have been caught in a hotel room with a female prostitute, it would have been nothing but rocks thrown at him. It wouldn't be all this celebration about diverse black love. Don't no woman want to be with a man who gets screwed in the behind by other men. I'm sorry. Nobody wants that. Excuse me? That's disgusting. Okay? Just saying it like it is. Who wants that? That's gross. He could easily have AIDS. Are you kidding me? And I and now it's my second episode. I did a video detailing detailing why male on male sex is so unhealthy and dangerous. And it's the reason why they're more susceptible to so many diseases because the act in and of itself is so unnatural. So it is no telling what type of filthy diseases he has brought home to this woman. We should not be celebrating this. And this is being celebrated in the culture. Because if he wouldn't slept with a female prostitute, it would be rocks thrown at him. But since he is a man of stature, a man of political prominence in our nation, we should celebrate the fact that he screwed another man? Why? And that poor woman? What about her? How humiliating. How dangerous. He put her life in jeopardy. This man sitting here sleeping with other men and they celebrated this man put this woman's life in jeopardy. And this, this is the culture. They'll celebrate him exposing this woman to AIDS. That's something we should celebrate? This is disgusting. But this is the wicked culture we live in. This is the fallen culture we live in. This is the Twilight Zone. This is some Twilight Zone stuff right here. I, I can't believe it. No woman wants that. Even in the interview, they asked her if you would have known this, would you have still been with him? She like, she want to say no. She could she like, uh, I don't know. I can tell you right now, no. Are you kidding me? She likes men. There's nothing she can ever. How can she? He has a desire to have sex with other men. How can she satisfy that? So basically, you telling her she gotta just deal with sharing her husband with other men. Are you joking? So she should relinquish herself to this and this kind of attitude. Before it was just. Years ago, it would have been if he would have slept with a woman. This would have been an attitude that women should just relinquish them, relinquish ourselves to. However, now it's being repackaged that as long as our mate is sleeping with another someone of the same sex, it's to be celebrated. And, and the same is true for if, if you flip the coin, whether it's a man or a woman, because uh, like a year or so ago, same happened with Miley Cyrus. Now, Miley Cyrus, as you guys know, maybe or not, she was married to Liam Hensworth. And when she, sorry for the loud sound in the background, she, <laughs> sirens, right? I, need, I can't wait till one day when I'm in a studio, when I'm in a soundproof studio, I won't have to deal with outside noises. I mean, like from literally outside the house. Nevertheless, um, Miley Cyrus um, is, was married to Liam Hemsworth and she had an affair with the woman. 
And this is the headline from NBC. Miley Cyrus split with Liam Hemsworth isn't just celebrity gossip, it's a blow to the patriarchy. Women like Cyrus are speaking about sexuality in ways that put power and responsibility back into their own hands. So if Miley Cyrus would have slept with the man, oh, she trashy. But if she sleep with the woman, it's empowerment. And this is how our media is spinning this. Remember the remember the uh, the the senator, I think from either California or Arizona, who was caught soliciting people for sex on the internet. And so when she said that she was leaving her husband for another woman, oh, the celebration, the patriarchy, she's letting her true self, oh, the celebration. But then her husband put her on blast like, no, she's sleeping with men. She just lied and said that she was sleep. She was bisexual, but she left him for a man. But she just lied and said it was a woman because she know that ignorant people in the media would have done all this pomp and circumstance because she's because she likes to sleep with women. So now, if you're unfaithful and break covenant with your spouse and you break covenant with someone of the same sex, we should celebrate it. But if you break covenant with someone of the opposite sex, then it's bad. This is the upside down world we live in. We saw the same thing with Gene Robinson. And one of the things I've shared with you guys, who you might be wondering who that is, that was this man who was a minister who left his wife for another man. I think it was Episcopalian. And... I remember the church, I grew up in the liberation theology church. One of the reasons I have such a fixation, if you will, with Marxism, because I grew up in a liberation theology church. And Marxism, even though they wouldn't say they're Marxists, but there's Marxist ideas inside of liberation theology. Excuse me. So um, I grew up in a liberation theology church and all these liberation theology churches, they're very leftist in their thinking. And my church was progressive not in a positive way but the church i grew up in progressive in a negative way well years before other ones were um uh, i remember as a kid we had a man who su supported homosexuality in our pulpit like a guest preacher and uh, you can hear the people in the church collectively that that was our pastor you know he was so proud of himself because he went to harvard divinity school but like some of these people you invite in this pulpit, like he had Joycelyn elders in there supporting abortion. I mean, they were just ridiculous. So I, I'm getting what this is the reason why I'm telling you this. She literally advocating for abortion at our church Sunday morning. It's crazy. Um, we left that church, needless to say. So, uh, <laughs> so my mom's friend was still attending the church, and at the church they had an assistant pastor who was this lady. And she said how she supported Gene Robinson in his e efforts, like living his truth or whatever she said. And this, I, this happened like the early 2000s. And so then after she said that, one of the man, one of the men pastors stood up. She, they were assisting, she was an assistant pastor. When the men stood up and said, you know, here, we still support God's design for the human family, you know. And he got up and, this wasn't the head pastor, this is another pastor who got up and rebuked her after she said that. But this is the kind of worldview that's so it's, it's, it's a secular progressivism and i and i talked about that like a week or so ago about how secular progressives they're very that anything that rejects god they celebrate and so whether it's andrew gillum miley cyrus gene robinson our culture celebrates rebellion against god they see liberation as being free from god you just freely on your way to hell that's really what's going on that's all that's going on so it's really sad, it's really terrible, but hey, this 
is what's going on in our culture, folks. This is why this episode is titled Just Crazy. Just Crazy. Moving right along to another thing of Just Crazy. Minneapolis City Council. Boy, 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 oh boy. So if you recall, after the sad death, the very tragic death of George Floyd, the Minneapolis City Council, and the thing about it is, you know, liberals always overplay their hand. They've done this with the impeachment farce, hoax, whatever you want to call it. Just over and over again, they overplay their hand. And these buffoons have done it again. And I, and I stick by my statement calling them buffoons because that's what they are. They decide they want to get rid of the police. This is, this is what we call the secular progressive. We, they live in this utopia. And Marxist, socialists, whatever these people want to call themselves, they're all just clowns to me. They need to just strap up their clown shoes. Because everything they advocate for makes no sense. The only thing we can agree on is that we need oxygen. These people are like the antithesis to logic. So they want to, so we're going to re, we're going to abolish the police. So because one man, and I'm not, I know George Floyd isn't the only man because it's like this people look, little common sense here, little common sense here. I need to have props and tools and stuff or something. I need props. Anytime you have a human involved enterprise, there's going to be corrupt people. There's going to be evil people. Unless the system is ran by God with no human involvement, that is the only organization or system that will be perfect and free of problems. But anytime human beings put our grubby little fingers into something, there will be evil people, conflict, mismanagement, and you simply root it out. You don't blow it up the whole system. And so because there have been issues with police brutality, the Minneapolis City Council says, we're just going to get rid of everything. We're going to cut the police budget. We're going to do all this stuff. And one of the ladies from the Minneapolis City Council going to say she was on CNN. And, and they asked her, you know, what happens if you're someone being at home being broken into or whatever, or being a victim of a violent crime? What should they do? This lady's going to say, well, they need to sit back and think about their privilege. So if I'm being strangled to death, I just lay there and think about my privilege. The fact that I even had the thought of calling the police or how can I get to the phone to call the police. Instead of that, I need to think about the fact as I'm being strangled to death about how I even have privilege, the fact that I even can think to call the police. I, I don't even know what to say. How do you respond to something so dumb but by saying you're dumb. I have no other idea how to respond to something so stupid. That is the stupidest thing I've ever heard of in my life. But no, folks, it goes more. So they have all these events where they're talking about get rid of the police and they even surround the mayor. Like, are you going to, are you going to, I forgot to either ask him to fund or abolish. Are you going to abolish the police? Are you, are you in the crowd yelling? Are you, are you? And all that. And he's like, won't answer the question. I mean, the whole thing was just ludicrous. It was just nuts. And so then, after they do all that tomfoolery, as they do all of that tomfoolery, um, the the um, there was a news report that came out about what how crime has risen exponentially in Minneapolis. 
Wow! Really? Wow! You think? Like, when you make reductions to your police force, you allow people to riot, and you talk about how the police are so evil, what do you think is going to happen? And, and this is the thing that's so dumb. Of course, you're going to have corrupt police officers. Like, you have corrupt teachers, preachers, pastors, all kind of people, accountants, politicians, any endeavor that involves wicked humans. All of us are wicked. We're depraved creatures. Any institution, any endeavor that involves human beings is going to have corruption. The thing about it is, is you root it out and deal with it when it happens. That's the problem. Not that you had corruption, is that when it was discovered, what did you do about it? That's the issue. Our police departments dealing with when you have corrupt cops, do you get rid of them? Or do you, or, and do you, do they carry a mark that way they can't go into another police department? Same thing like you saw with priests in the Catholic church. How they would have priests just shuffling around from church to church, from parish to parish to parish to parish. This person is a known pedophile and y'all just going to shuffle them to a new parish? That's crazy. And they paying for it now. So you, you can't, you, there's corruption in any human institution. The question is, what do you do about it when it happens? Do you get rid of these people? Do you punish these people? Or do you let them stay? Because you're going to have corruption. I don't care what institution. Teachers, everything. Everything. Because you're dealing with people. But I don't hear calls to abolish the church. Like you had some, some pastor in Kalamazoo that got in trouble because he was him and his wife were having sex with teenage boys. Does that mean we should get rid of churches? No. Throw him in jail. And churches need to do a better job about uh, hiring their leadership. That's the solution. You know, but with Minneapolis, they want to sit here and just, we're going to get rid of all our police. We're going to cut police budget. After y'all just had a riot, you want to cut police budget? And then be surprised the crime is up? Crime, bad behavior feeds on itself. You know, in my experience as a teacher, when I was working with elementary kids, I knew that if I let one kid get turned up, the rest of my class was going to be just absolutely out of control in no time. So when one child was getting amped up, I had to settle down, stop that kid, nip it in the bud. Because if I didn't nip that kid's behavior in the bud, I was going to have a whole slew of children just acting like maniacs in no time. In no time. And that's something that people don't understand. But no, now they're all surprised. And, and you should hear these city council people. They're such clowns. They're like, if MPD isn't showing up in some places, just watch the video. And I got this video from the Babylon Bee too, by the way. Several months later. My constituents are looking at me saying, what is the city doing? Like, uh, MPD is not showing up. Um, when they get here, they say, oh, well, you know, we're just running from, from call to call, so we can't really do anything. <laughs> like, last night, I had yet another 17-year-old murdered in my ward. Are we doing anything 
to be engaged and resolve these problems. The Minneapolis City Council wasted no time getting straight to the point Tuesday, questioning Police Chief Madaria Arredondo during a meeting to discuss troubling crime trends in the city. We don't need a report to know that crime is up. We don't need to know how the just the brazenness of crime um, in the 11th Ward is, has just gone up. From carjackings and shootings to street racing. Crime is plaguing the city, leaving many feeling helpless and in some cases misinformed. How do we get this under control? If you're telling us and the inspectors are telling us that we have a plan for safety, that we are taking crime seriously, and we have officers on the street telling people that they're not enforcing crime, what do we do? We are not turning a blind eye to crime or criminal behavior, and that we will be there and continue to be there for our community. What is your vision and what is your strategy? If you are you know, in charge of MPD and have a set amount of budget with a set amount of officers, how are you going to keep people safe? So they're shocked that the police aren't showing up. They're shocked that it's a crime wave. They're shocked that they're overwhelmed. Newsflash, you think the criminals are gonna just stop committing crime when they know people are for fighting for systemic injustices? Oh, they know that we're fighting systemic injustices and going to help bring resources to the community so they don't feel the need to commit crime. This is the idiot ideology that accompanies Marxism. That's why I spent last Friday's episode, you need to watch it, explaining Marxism. Because they believe that evil permeates from power imbalances. So when you believe that power is being redistributed equally, and equitably, and that will somehow eliminate evil, you're building a world on a faulty premise. Their entire worldview is based on a faulty premise. Evil precipitates from the wicked human heart, not power imbalances. And so they want to create a police department built on their dumb Marxist ideology, and they clutch their pearls like a bunch of preschoolers. When the crime wave is up, People are getting slaughtered. Carjackings are up. Murder is up. Robbery is up. And they're all like, what's happening? I could have told you, nitwit. But this is what happens. These people don't think anything through. Vote red. That's all I have to say. Vote red. I'm, I'm not, I wouldn't vote for a single Democrat. I mean, I always said if it was, if a Democrat was pro-life, I might think about it. At this point, I wouldn't think about nothing because they're going to caucus with those clowns and back other stupid legislation they back. No way in the world. These people are nuts. They are totally nuts. I'm sorry. They are too crazy. So they are very myopic and one-dimensional in their thinking, folks. And it's just gross. It's just gross. And my last point on the just crazy. So the media is beside themselves with rage and anger. How could they give Donald J. Trump two nominations? For a Nobel Peace Prize? Oh, the horror, the tragedy, that big evil racist, orange man bad, orange man bad, orange man bad. That's how the media acts, right? Trump could literally go into a burning building and save five children and they will find a way to be like, he set the fire for a publicity stunt. Like they literally would say anything. They hate this man. So Trump negotiated um, formal peace deals between Bahrain and the UAE with Israel. People are like, well, these countries weren't at war. What did, what did, what did, uh, what did he need to do that for? <sighs> okay, this is one of the things you cannot be. It's a useful idiot. The media is banking on your ignorance to brainwash you. Because when you're not ignorant, I can't brainwash you. When you're informed, I can't brainwash you. 
Um, so no, they weren't at war, people. What he did was help negotiate a deal for them to establish a formal relationship and begin working together. That's what he did. And also, he also negotiated a peace deal between Serbia and Kosovo. And also Kosovo, which is a Muslim majority nation, had uh, established formal relationship with Israel as well. And the funny part is that that's why he got nominated for two Nobel Peace Prizes, because he actually is helping establish peace around the world. And the so funny is, if you recall, the members of the media, uh, DNC palace guards, as I like to call them, you know, that's all they are. The, our media are just filled with a bunch of democratic hacks. That's all they are. Because if, if even if you like him or not, how, you, how can you criticize that? Is that um, the DNC, they're just TNC palace guards. And remember how they told us that if Trump wins, we're going to be at war. We have a crazy man with a nuclear button. There will be mass death. Um, people will just be dying. He will just be going to war. Trump has been pulling us out of wars and negotiating peace deals with people like he says nice things about Kim Jong-un. That's crazy. It's not that he really likes the guy. He just wants peace. Peace is good. That's what he said. Peace through strength. I'm strong. You don't mess with me. I ain't going to mess with you. We don't have a problem. This is the thing. He's trying to get us out of war. And the media just lie and they gaslight you again. They're going to keep gaslighting you. And and just kudos to President Trump. And the reason why it's in the Just Crazy show is because it's just crazy how the media refuse to give him any credit. And they don't need to give him credit because the American people see what's going on. And they're going to clutch their pearls November 3rd, 2020, when he wins again. Mark that. Mark my words. He's going to win again. And I know that for a fact. Because people are waking up. They're like, these people are a bunch of liars. It's like this. The media and the Democrats, they always overplay their hand. They spend so much time talking about how evil he is. And he's going to get us all killed. And just he's just trying to go into all these wars. And come to find out, none of it was true. And then and you marry that with the fact that everything that he does, they just catastrophize constantly. And people are like, okay, why do folks love him? Oh, because they're a bunch of white supremacists. So they reduce all his followers to white supremacists. That way they can just justify and dismiss us all when we explain why we support. Oh, you're just a white supremacist or a white sympathizer and stuff like that. And, they, and that's all they notice. That's the only line they use. Notice what other thing they say about his supporters. Besides that we all white supremacists. That's it. They just say that because they can't refute his actual accomplishment. So they just, just, just what am I? They just do ad hominems. That's it. They're angry. They're mad. Who's going to win again? And it's just so crazy. <laughs> well, thank you all for tuning in to It's Solid Food. I hope you have an absolutely wonderful day. It's Solid Food is on all major podcast platforms. So make sure you check out my show. Um, it's Solid Food. You can also find on Facebook at the Christina Caramo Project. Also on YouTube at the Christina Caramo Project. And I am on Instagram at Karamo the Great. That's Karamo the G-R and the number eight. And remember to be brave and bold because the gospel of Jesus Christ must be told. Toodles. Bye.